All right, Chabot say good morning. Let us begin. Begin by thanking our sponsors, our Tamil Torah sponsors for the month of Tamos, Adam, Yudip, and Zev, in honor of their children, Jake, Serena, and Rosie. We thank them for their generosity, for their sponsorship. And Abose, with that, let us begin. Today's daf is Pezayin 87, and we are picking up the Merit Hashem on Pevav Amud Beis. We're picking up, actually, right towards the top of the daf, at the end of the short lines, about uh, two, four, six lines from before the lines get wide. Incredible, another incredible daf of Gemara today, focusing on the mechanics, the dynamics and the power of tshuva. Amr Rishlo Bar Nachmani, Amr Rabbi Yonasan. Gidola tshuva. Tshuva is great. Shema, or the power of tshuva is great. Shema areches, shnosav shal adam. For it prolongs the life of a person. Shene emar, ubeshuv rasha mirishaso yichya. Because the Pasuk over here, the Gemara is quoting the Pasuk from Yechazkel. Ubeshuv rasha mirishaso asher asa. So here again, the Torah, the, sorry, the Navi discusses the idea that when the Rasha repents from his evil ways, ultimately again he will have life. Yichya or Yichaya, he will live. But just to point out something very interesting. In general, whenever we see both in the Chumash as well as in Ma'amari Chazal, the notion of longevity. The notion of longevity. So the Svarim bring down that while that could absolutely be understood in a literal sense of longevity, also has to do with quality of life. That the, the concept of prolonged days is measured not just simply in biological longevity, but is measured in the quality of the life which one leads. So the notion that when the Gemara says, the Shomar Rahmani says, that Shuva is great, that means that a person who finds the power to do Shuva, the person who finds the Kawach and the, really the courage to engage in cathartic change, fundamentally enhances his quality of life. Life is better when lived with Shuva. So the Gemara goes right. Amr Rabbi Yitzchak, Amri Ma'arav, Mishmei Derag Bar Amari, Bo Urei. Bo say beautiful Gemara. First wide line. Bo Urei. Shalok Midas Hakadosh Baruch Hu Midas Basar Adam. See how the Ribbono Shel Olam is so different than a human being. How so? Midas Basar Adam. Maknit Es Chaveiro B'Dvarim. Sofek Mispayis Himenu. Sofek Im Mispayis Himenu. Bo say if you. So the way people work is like this. If you go out and you hurt someone or you offend someone with words. So you'll try to reconcile with them. Maybe it'll work, maybe it won't work, right? Maybe the person will be macabre your apology, maybe they won't be macabre your apology. And if you say that a person ultimately again is mispayis, if you say that a person, let's say the offended party, is willing to reconcile, Suffolk mispayis bidvarim, Suffolk, I'm sorry, Vim Torah mispayis, Suffolk mispayis bidvarim, Suffolk mispayis bidvarim. So we'll say, so listen to this. In, in human relationships, when you hurt someone, so number one, it's a Suffolk whether they'll accept your apology or not, whether, whether I should say, whether they're willing to reconcile or not. And if they're willing to reconcile, will an apology be enough? Or, or maybe, again, you're going to have to do something more significant than just an apology. But listen to how it works with the Ribbon Shalolam. Adam over Avera Beseser. Listen to this. If a person violates an Avera in private, right? The person violates an Avera in secret. You can reconcile with him just with words. Just with words. Shene Amar. So isn't this incredible that the, really what this, what this highlights is the concept of the, the fickality or fickleness of human, human relationships. And also human relationships, again, they come and go, right? The friends of today are not the friends of tomorrow. The relationships of today are not the relationships of tomorrow. That's the nature of human relationships. The relationship with that, and that's why again the Gemara says, you offend someone, maybe they'll forgive you, maybe they won't forgive you. And if they forgive you, maybe it'll be with words, or maybe you'll have to do something more significant. But yet, the relationship we have with the Ribbon Shalolam is in reality the one true, stable relationship we have in this world. 
v'haraya, right? The true stability of a relationship is manifest in the willingness of the parties to forgive one another. So here I violate an Avera b'seisra, I violate an Avera in private, and what happens? I apologize, I do tshuva, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu goes ahead and forgives me. He forgives me. And what happens? V'lo'od, listen to this, v'lo'od, el-shemachsik lo-tova. We'll say this is wild. Not only that, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu thanks me for doing tshuva. He thanks me for doing tshuva. So number one, he accepts the tshuva. Number two, he thanks me for doing tshuva. Shinemar, the kach tov, v'lo'od. And if that wasn't enough, not only that, but when I do tshuva, Kalash Baruch Hu treats it as if I offered up karbanos parim. Shneimar u'mishama parim svasenu. Shema tamar parichova. I maybe will say it's counted as if I offered up obligatory offerings. Tamud lomar erpa mishuva sam ohavim nidava. Therefore, Kalash Baruch Hu, I will heal heal them from their waywardness. Those ohavim nidava, I love them freely. So the carbon that I'm offer up, ultimately again, is is like a carbon nidava, like a voluntary offering. But as I see, see from here, which which really highlights an incredible yisod of how much Hakadosh Baruch Hu is rooting for us in the tshuva process. You know, we often think, we often have this misconception of a God who is ready and eager to punish. But there is nothing further from the truth. The Rebbe Shalom wants to help facilitate our tshuva. He wants us to come back. He wants us to return. He wants us to fix ourselves. He wants to resume the relationship. And again, you see the Gemara says over here, because human relationships, you hurt someone, you offend someone, maybe they'll forgive you, maybe they're not, maybe they won't. Maybe with words, maybe it'll have to be something more, you know, something more tangible. With HaKadosh Baruch Hu, all you have to do is do tshuva. All I have to do is do tshuva. And he accepts it, and he encourages it, and it's like a carbon, and it gives me a shkoyach, because that's how much HaKadosh Baruch Hu roots for my tshuva. It's incredible. Tanya, Hayar Rabbi Omer, Gidolet tshuva, Shebishel Yachet Sha'asa tshuva, Mochelen Lechala Olam Kura. Well, it's a very profound Gemara. The mayor says, that see how great tshuva is, that because of one person's tshuva, HaKadosh Baruch, Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu goes ahead and forgives the world. The Gemara actually quotes the same passage we were quoting before, but notes something fascinating. The passage says, I will heal them from their waywardness, love them freely. Right? That's all plural. For my anger has been returned or withdrawn from him. Singular. So from here the Gemara says, you see that what? When one person does tshuva, that could create forgiveness for the entire world. We'll say what a profound Gemara. That when we find the courage to do tshuva, not only does that impact us, but that impacts the world around us. This is the Gemara Misachas Kiddushin. The Rambam quotes it in Hilchos Tshuva as well. Also, I'll tell you, you know, Hilchos Tshuva has 10 prakim. So often the, the Minag Yisrael is to learn one parak of Hilchos Tshuva each of the days of, of Aser Simei Tshuva. Hey, so it's interesting. Schatani Masker, I, I try to do it every year. But Hilchos Tshuva, I find it almost impossible to learn an entire parak of Hilchos Tshuva every day. Right? Because there's so much there. It could be that it's Kedai, maybe to start Hilchos Tshuva Rosh Chodesh Av, because the Sfarim bring down that already Rosh Chodesh Av is the beginning of Yamim Noraim. That's when Yamim Noraim starts, right? Rosh Chodesh Av. But this, this idea is brought down in the Rambam. The Rambam phrases it a little bit differently. The way the Rambam says, quoting the Imam Masechus Kiddushim, Kiddushin, Le'olam Yira Adam Atz, Le'olam Yira Adam Es Atzmo, Chetziav Zakai Vechetziav Chayav. Person should always view himself as a benoni, a benoni. The scales are exactly equal, and therefore, whatever I do on the mitzvah column or on the avera column tilts the scales. Similarly, a person should view the world as chetziv zakai chetziv chayiv, and therefore, whatever I do doesn't only tilt my scales, but what 
tilts the universal scales as well. So this, Gemara is really highlighting this idea as well. We often think that the power of our tshuva is limited to us, but it's not true. The power of my tshuva ultimately impacts the world in its entirety. Hey, chidami b'al both side, here we go. Was such a profound Gemara. So we'll say, remember I mentioned this to you when we started this yesterday, that here we're talking about tshuva, 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 tshuva. But what is tshuva? So the Gemara says, Hechi dami bal tshuva. Now what I want to point out over here is the Gemara says as follows. Remember, the Gemara is asking, what is a bal tshuva? A bal tshuva. Rav Gifter, Zeich Tzadik, the Racha brings down in his Sefer and Ramam Hilchos tshuva, that what's a bal tshuva? A bal, right? A bal means to own something. A bal tshuva means someone who owns the process of tshuva. In other words, you could do tshuva and you could be a bal tshuva. Those are two different things. I do tshuva, which means I engage in the process, but lav dafka, I own the process. Bal tshuva is the highest level of tshuva where I own, I own tshuva. How do you own your tshuva? Amr Yehuda, kigon shebasa liyodo davar dvar avera. So Rabbi Huda says, it's very simple, very simple, very complicated, but yet very simple in words, which is, there's a particular area in which I sinned one time, two times, or multiple times, and what happens? I find the koach to resist the urge, right? I find the koach to go ahead and resist the urge to sin. And I find the koach to resist the urge to sin one time, two times, in other words, it says, says Rabbi Huda, a Baal Tshuva is someone who finds himself in the same circumstances in which he sinned before, but this time he finds the Koach to go ahead and resist temptation. Machri Rav Yehuda, Rav Yehuda motioned and he said, just to build on this, Ba'ose Isha, Ba'ose Perek, Ba'ose Makum. That is Shreb when it's talking about the same woman, the same parak, which we'll discuss in just a moment, and the same place. Rabbi Huda says of Osai that what it literally means is all of the ingredients, the right, all of the circumstances that were part of the initial sin are once again recreated, but this time I have the ability to resist. So it's the same woman who I sinned with. It's the same parak. Now, interestingly enough, well, let me, before I get back, Balsamakum, same place. Now Rashi says over here, Rashi says over here, if you take a look at Rashi, it's Rashi, Rashi's on both columns. Take a look at Rashi on the right hand side. So Rashi understands that Perek means season. Season, same woman, same place, same season. So ultimately, again, according to Rashi, what's happening over here is as follows. When all of the same circumstances are present in which I sinned the first time, the Sahara says, ah, you got this, right? You got this. This is the same matzah. It's the same thing you did last time. Right? You could do this. You could do this. All the same ingredients for the sin that happened last time are now present. The Rambam disagrees. The Rambam, the Rambam understands Perek a little bit differently. I mean, it's actually pretty incredible. So this is the Rambam in the beginning of the second chapter of Hilchos Tshuva. The Rambam writes as follows. Ezohi Tshuva Gimura. Rambam phrases a little bit differently. He says, Ketzad, Hare Sheba al Isha Ba'avera, Ula'achar Zman Nesiachet Ima. So again, same idea. Man committed, I will say, it's always interesting. It's interesting that the Gemara often illustrates these examples with issues of morality indicating that this often is the greatest challenge for people. To remain moral people, to avoid immorality. So that's how he gives the example of immorality. Man sinned with a particular woman. And then once again, he's alone with her. He still desires her. And he has the same vitality. And there is a say, with the way the Ramam understands, Perek, Perek is not a season. Perek refers to the chapter of one's life. Same vitality. And as I will say, if a person committed an Avera with a woman, and then 50 years later, he's alone with her, right? He's alone with her. 
and right, and he has the opportunity to sin with her. But again, you know, he can't move the walker with the tennis balls fast enough and able to get this. Oh, look, I resisted the temptation to sin with this woman. Now, both say, is that tshuva? It is. Because remember, tshuva is always tshuva. But that's not about tshuva. That's not tshuva gemurah. The fact that, you know, the fact that, you know, your knees and your hips and everything else gave out on your way to go ahead and commit the avera, right? Th- that's fine. You didn't commit it. But also, it's not the same. It's not the same. So the Gemara, so the Rambam understands, it's interesting. So Rashi understands Perek to mean season. Rambam understands Perek to mean the same chapter of your life. That's Tshuva Gemura. You have the same physical vitality, but you choose not to commit the Aveira again. Incredible. Amr Bihuda, Amr Bihuda. Rav 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 Romixiv Rav Rav Sorry, the Gemara says as follows. So I'm Rav Yehuda. Rav Romixiv. Rav contrasts the pesukim. On one hand, it says, "Ashrei nusui pesha kikisui chata." Pasuk says, "Praiseworthy is the individual whose sins are covered up." So David Hamelach over here refers to the idea that Ashrei praiseworthy is the person whose averus are unknown. Whose averus are unknown? But yet the Pasik says, one who covers up his sins will not be successful. So which one is it? Is it good for my sins to be unknown or do they have to be known? We'll say it depends on the Avera. If ultimately, again, if ultimately I committed an Avera and everyone knows about it, so it is better not to cover it up. Rashi says over here, Rashi says, if I committed an Avera and everyone knows about it, it's better to own it, it's better to go ahead and admit it, and it's better to do tshuva for it. If I go ahead and I did an Avera and no one knows about it, it is not good to publicize it because the publicizing of an Avera ultimately again represents a diminution in the cover to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Take a look at Rashi. Rashi says, We'll say if there's an Avera that's unknown, it is much better for that Avera to remain unknown because an Avera represents a lack of kavod shamayim, a lack of honor to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So if it's unknown, keep it unknown. Furthermore, you know, if a person publicizes his sins, it shows a certain lack of embarrassment about them. There should be an embarrassment that revolves around hate. So the Yom said, if everyone knows about it already, own it, do tshuva for it. If no one knows about it, keep it quiet. It's between you and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So the Gemara goes like Rav Zutra, Rav Tovya, Amar Rav, Amar Rav Nachum, Kan Ba'averu Shavin Adon Lechaveru, Kan Ba'averu Shavin Adon Lamakom. Interesting. But we'll say the other distinction is one could be referring to interpersonal sin, where ultimately, again, if I wronged someone, perhaps there is an idea. And let's say the per- we'll talk about this more. If the person will not forgive me, I let the avera be known to other people. Maybe they could intervene on my behalf to help secure forgiveness from the aggrieved party. That has been between myself and Hakadosh Baruch Hu. That's really no one else's business but between me and God, and therefore that should not be revealed. Tanya, Rabbi Yosi Bar Yehuda Omer, Over Adam Pamishon Mochel and Lo, Shnia Mochel and Lo, Shlishes Mochel and Lo. A person commits an avera one time, two times, three times. Hakadosh Baruch Hu forgives him. Revius in Mochel and Lo. The fourth time I commit an avera. Ultimately, by then, HaKadosh Baruch Hu does not forgive me. Shene Emar, Ko Amar Hashem, Al Shlosha Pishay Yisrael, Ve'al Arbo, Lo Ashivenu. Ve'ne Emar, Hein Kol Ile Yifal Kel, Yifal Kel, Pamim Shalosh Im Gever. Ma'i Vom, why does he have to quote the second Pasuk? Ve'chi Teima Hanimili B'Tzibor. You might have thought that this only applies to a Tzibor. In other words, that a Tzibor is not held responsible for the first three Averus, only held responsible from the fourth time and on. But maybe a Yochid is held responsible from the beginning. So the Gemara says, Talmud Tashma, Hein kol eile yifal el pam shaloshim gever. Mikan ve'elech in mochel So again, you see an emerging theme. And the emerging theme is how much HaKadosh Baruch Hu tries to enable and to facilitate our tshuva. That here you have first three times, it's get out of jail free. First three times, I'm not held accountable. It's only from the fourth Avera and on that ultimately, again, there is accountability with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Incredible. We'll say this opens the door now to an incredible sugya, profound sugya. Tanar 
Averos shezvada alein yom kippurim zeh, lo yisvada alein yom kippurim acher. We'll say this is actually a profound philosophical discussion. When I did tshuva for Averos last year, do I have to go ahead and do tshuva for those same Averos this year? Right? So I'm coming now to Rosh Hashanah 5782. So in Rosh Hashanah 5781, I did tshuva for Averos A, B, and C. Comes Rosh Hashanah a year later. Do I have to keep a running list of Averos, right, that I've committed in the past, and keep on doing tshuva for those Averos in the past, or not? So the Gemara says, first opinion says, no. Once you've done tshuva for Averos, let it go. Let it go. Don't keep doing tshuva for all the Averos. Of course, if you repeated those mistakes, I have to go ahead and do tshuva again. So as well say, if I repeated the same mistakes in 5781, then of course again, in Rosh Hashanah 5782, I have to do tshuva for those same mistakes. But I will say, listen to the, hear what's happening over here? I, I did tshuva for Averos A, B, and C on Rosh Hashanah 5781. If I repeated those same mistakes over the course of the year, then of course I have to do tshuva for them in Rosh Hashanah 5782. But let's say I didn't repeat them. I didn't commit, I, I, maybe I committed Averos, you know, uh, D, E, A, F, and G, right? But Lamaisa, I didn't repeat A, B, and C, right? So the Gemara says, if that's the case, you don't have to do tshuva for them again. The Gemara says, and if you didn't commit those Averos again, but still did tshuva for them again in Rosh Hashanah 5782, the Gemara says, I love of Omer about such a person. The Pasuk says, Like a dog returns to its vomit, the fool continues in his folly. Do you understand what's happening over here? The Gemara says something amazing. If I commit Averus and I do tshuva for them, and I do tshuva for them, I have to learn to let it go. I have to learn to let it go. Sometimes you have to learn how to let go of your personal baggage. If you keep carrying your Averus around with you throughout life, that becomes a load, that becomes a burden that is too difficult to bear. You have to let it go. I have to believe that as long as the tshuva was sincere, then ultimately again I am forgiven, and therefore, it is time to move on. Of course, if I remember, if I, if I repeated those mistakes, then enachinami, of course, I have to do tshuva again. But assuming that I did not repeat those same mistakes, I have to assume my tshuva was accepted, and I have to learn to move on. Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov, Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov says, no, no, the, the ability to go ahead and constantly do tshuva for all of your averos is praiseworthy. But as I listen to this, quotes the passage from David HaMelech, because I know, I know my, uh, from David HaMelech? Yeah, from Tehillim. From, from Tehillim Nun Aleph, good. Because ultimately, again, I know my sins, and my hate is always opposite me. But we'll say this, we'll say, you understand what's happening, how profound this is? What do you do with the Averos of your past? Again, of course, if I repeated negative behaviors, I have to keep doing chuba for it. But assuming I did, not, I did not repeat negative behaviors, do I have to keep doing chuba for the Averos of my past or do I let it go? First opinion says, let it go. And if you keep going in and carrying your past with you, you're like a dog that eats its own vomit. Strong imagery, right? A second opinion says, no, it's an incredible thing to keep your Averos with you. Keep your Averos always in front of you. The logic, of course, of keeping your Averos in front of you is it hopefully prevents you from repeating them. So the kids of the Gemara says, So I, so what I do with the Pasuk that says like a dog that returns to its vomit? If a person goes and commits an Avera and repeats it, the Gemara says, it becomes mutter for him. It becomes mutter. If you do an Avera twice, suddenly it becomes mutter. Rather, ultimately, again, say it becomes like it is permitted. So the Gemara says, And when doing tshuva, 
when doing tshuva, ultimately, again, one has to go ahead and specify the sinabosa. Before we go on, I just want to point out, again, there's so much here. There's so much here. But understand, this last machlokis is such a profound machlokis in the mechanics of tshuva, and also just how we're supposed to look at ourselves. Like, do we say that there's a certain point in time where I let go of the averos of the past, I did it, I did tshuva, it's gone. It's no longer part of my personal history, and I have to let it go. I have to let it go. Or do I say no? Once I commit an Avera, of course I'm going to do tshuva, and I believe Chalash Baruch forgives me, but that hate is forever part of my personal history. And it kind of follows me around. Not that it has an impact, on words, there's no onesh, I believe I've been forgiven, I did a sincere tshuva, but that's part of my personal history. And it comes with me wherever I go. And the reason why that's a powerful thing is because the knowledge of that personal history hopefully sensitizes me to how I live my life going forward. That's a fundamental machlokis in tshuva. So the Gemara goes back. When doing tshuva, you have to go and specify the sin you committed. So Zerubbabel says, when you do tshuva, it's not just enough to say, Hashem, I sinned, please forgive me. But what? A person has to specify the sin. Person, I have to specify the sin I committed. And the raya is from Chita Egel. Moshe says, when lobbying on behalf of the Jewish people, that people sinned the great sin, they built the golden calf. Rabbi Kiva Omer, Ashrei Nesui Pesha, Kisui Chata. Rabbi Kiva says, praiseworthy is the person whose sin is covered up. Right? You don't have to specify the sin. Right? It's good, it's good if the sin is covered up. What do I do with the statement of Moshe that Moshe said they built a golden gaff? What was Moshe really saying? Moshe was blaming the Chaita Egel on God. And he was saying, Garam Lahem Shiyasu Elohe Zav. It's your fault. Only Moshe Rabbeinu can make an argument like this. Right? It's your fault. You gave them too much money. You know, you don't give someone inexperienced too much money because they don't know what to do with it. You took slaves, you gave them an overabundance of gold. Did you not think that they were going to get themselves into trouble? So, Shnei Parnas and Avosei. So, again, this notion of Sarach Lifrot Asachet is the way the Rambam passed it, that you must specify the sin. This is the Rambam in Parak Aleph. Halacha Aleph in Shuba, the Ramam says, Ketzad Misvadin, how do you do Vidui? Omer, Ona Hashem, Chatasi Avisi Upashati, Vasisi Kach Vikach. The Ramam says, it's not enough just to, just to say, Chatasi Avisi Pashati, I sin. You have to say, Vasisi, and I did fill in your sin here. Vasisi Kach Vikach. I went ahead and I did this. And I did this, so it is, which I will say makes, makes so much sense because at the end of the day, the process of tshuva, the step number one in tshuva is owning what I've done. The only way I own what I've done is if you name it, is if you say it. I did this Avera, I did this Avera. Until I acknowledge it verbally, it's not real. So we pass in the live for Good. Shnei Parnas and Tovim Amdulam Yisrael. I'll say it's a very beautiful Gemara. Two great leaders Jewish people had. Moshe and David. Moshe and David Amalek. Moshe Amri Kasev Serchuni. Moshe Rabbeinu said, Allow my sin to be written. Shnei Amar. Ya'en lohemant dem bilak yisheni. So I'll say it's interesting that every time the Torah speaks about the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't going to go into Eretz Yisrael, it always references Meimariva, right? The Torah is constantly referencing Moshe Rabbeinu's failure to speak to the rock, but instead hit the rock. So this was by Moshe Rabbeinu's request. Moshe wanted his sin to be recorded. David Amar, David Amalek, on the other hand, said, please don't reference my episode, right? My, 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 the event with Bathsheba. Shinemar, Ashrei Nusri Pesha Kisei Chata. So I said, why did Moshe Rabbeinu want his sin recorded? Listen to this. What can we compare Moshe Rabbeinu to? Both listen to this. Two women who were being punished by Bezdin. They were getting lashes in Bezdin. One woman committed adultery or committed some act of immorality. And one woman illegally consumed Shemitah produce. 
So they're both getting lashes, right? One for immorality, one for illegal shmita, shmita consumption. So the woman who was getting lashes for the for the shmita infraction said, said, please publicize my crime. Because I don't want people to think that I'm I did what she did, right? In other words, I want people to know, okay, I made a mistake, I made a mistake, but I want them to understand that my mistake, I'm owning it, it was bad, but my mistake was not her mistake. My mistake was not an act of immorality. So what happened? So what happens, they go out and they bring some Shemitah fruit and they hang it around her, they hang it around her neck so that people recognize that when she's being punished, she's being punished for an infraction regarding Shemitah and not regarding immorality. And the Beisdin would announce, Mrs. So-and-so is getting punished ultimately again because of illegal Shemitah consumption. But this way, people knew that it wasn't because of an act of immorality. So what's the Nimshal? Moshe Rabbeinu did not want people to think that the reason he wasn't going in Teret Yisrael was because of the Chaita Meraglim. He did not want people to think that he was caught up in the sin of the spies. Okay, I did my own sin. I committed my own avera. I hit the rock instead of speaking to it. But I want people to understand that that was the sin. <coughs> that was my infraction. So therefore, by Moshe Rabbeinu's request, the Torah goes out of its way to record his sin on multiple occasions so no one should group him together with the Meraglim. Incredible. Mefarsimin, es hachanofen. Let's listen to this Kimara. So, so ultimately, again, we publicize the Chanofen. Now, say, who are Chanofen? Take a look at the left, left side of Rashi. These are people who are really Rishayim, but they project an image of piety, false piety. So we call them out. We publicize the fact that they are not genuine people. So listen to this. So what, what happens? So you have to be very careful with this, Kimar, about who you call out with this. But, but if, if, you, if, if I know a person is not genuine, there is a mitzvah to call out such a person like this. Why? Out of a concern that people may learn from their baby, thinking that they're people to emulate, when in fact they're not people to emulate. Furthermore, Rashi says over here, he says also if bad things happen to them, people will say, oh, why does HaKadosh Baruch Hu punish the righteous? Thinking that these individuals are righteous when they're not really righteous. Therefore, again, there is a mitzvah to expose people who are behaving in a hypocritical way. So listen to this. The tshuva of Rishayim. Bosei Muchlatin, Rashi says, are Rishayim Gemurin. The tshuva even of a Russia Gamar, of someone who's unequivocally evil, has the ability to go ahead and stop divine punishment. And even if the Gizardin, even if the decree had for punishment has already been handed down. Bosei, such is the power of tshuva, even by someone who is a Russia gummer. Incredible. Shalbas Risham Sofatakala, the tranquility of the wicked at the end of the day is a stumbling block because I will say when the wicked have tranquility, they just plan more bad things. Baharoshos Mikaberas as Baila. So I will say, what's Rashos? Rashi says, Rashi says Harabonos. The Rabbanos buries those who who are involved in it. Right? So we'll say what this means is Positions of leadership have a way of burying people who go ahead and who go ahead and assume the mantle of leadership. Now, this is on this is on sort of variety of levels. It could be literally understood in the sense of of, of premature death, like Shmuel, the paradigmatic example is a Shmuel Hanavi. Shmuel Hanavi died at the age of fifty-two, but the Gemara indicates that at the age of fifty-two he was already an old man, and the Gemara the Gemara attributes that advanced aging to his responsibilities. So the Rabbanos has a way of burying people who take it on. A person goes into it, arum, arum literally means naked or unclothed, comes out unclothed, which means 
that there is no financial gain from Jewish communal leadership. That at the end of the day, if you go in with nothing, you come out with nothing. But halavai, a person should come out of leadership the same way they went in. Abel says, such a profound Gemara. The Gemara says, do you know what happens in Jewish communal leadership? The Gemara says, you become jaded, cynical, and disenchanted. Why? Because you see a lot of... I heard this from friends. Because, 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 because you see a lot of ugliness and you see a lot of two-facedness, and you see a lot of duplicity, and unfortunately, you don't see the best in people. So the Gemara says, isn't it an incredible thing that you could come in pure and idealistic and hopeful and filled with ideas and goals and things, and, and it it's so often just evaporates over time. So the Gemara says, Halavai, you should come out of Jewish leadership the same way you went in. Halavai. Now Rashi says over here, person sometimes comes into leadership, and not, not literally without sin, but what it means is more idealistic and with, uh, with, with, with a sense of, of holiness. And sometimes a person loses that over time. So halavai, a person should at least come out of it the same way they went in. Incredible. When Rav would go out to go ahead and deliver a judgment, Amar Hachi, he would say the following. In other words, this one he was sitting as a dayan. He would say as follows. Amar Hachi, He willingly gives his life over to be killed. In other words, I will say because being a dayan is a very serious responsibility. And if you don't judge correctly, one is held accountable. And the Gemara says, Tzavu beise lesu avid. And the, in the needs of his own home, he is not taken care of. In other words, often in positions of leadership, a person is so focused on the other that he neglects his own family, his own home. So the Gemara says, He'll often come home empty-handed because whereas a person could have made more money doing something else, ultimately, again, he chooses to serve the community. And Halavai, ultimately, again, he should come back and he should, he should leave or that ultimately, again, is coming back should that be just like his return. I should say, that is coming back should be like when he left. Rav when Rav would go out to give judgment, Amar Haki, he would say the following, same idea. Today's Zion. Excellent. Ultimately, he gives himself, it's okay, it's right after tomorrow. He gives himself over willingness to die. Nothing vitzavu base, the Gemara says, vitzavu base lesu of it. He doesn't take care of the needs of his own home. In other words, he often neglects. He's speaking to him about himself in third person. He often neglects the needs of his own home and his own family for other people. So the Gemara says, and lebeisi azul comes home empty-handed. Olavai shete bia kietzia, and ultimately again halavai that is bia should be kietzia. Rashi says sheyashovi kanes lebeisi below chet kietzia. He should come home sinless in the same way that he left. Very profound, Rabbi say. Vechi havi chazi amabua basrei, and when ultimately again he would see, when Rava would see. Throngs of people gathering around him. In other words, Rava was a Rava was a great sage. So there would be groups of people gathering around him. Amar he would say, We'll say that even literally it means that if a person's greatness will ascend to the heavens, and his head will go to the clouds. The Gemara says, Kigalalo. Ultimately, he's treated like a piece of dung, and people will say, Where is he? As I will say, that greatness and leadership and followers are exceptionally fleeting. Ravel reminded himself of this because sometimes when you're surrounded by a lot of people, it goes to your head a little bit. So Ravel said, just, just remember, the followers of today are the antagonists and the enemies of tomorrow. And we'll, we'll lead, the great person today is like a piece of dung tomorrow. So Rava did this just in order to keep himself grounded. Understand that this greatness is something that is fleeting. Rav Zutra, when they would go in and bring him into the shir, during the, during the, during the regal, during the Amitovim, they would carry him in on their shoulders in order to go ahead and, you know, get him through the crowds. Amar, he would say, I'm sorry, good. So again, he would also remind himself, power is not forever. You know, it's obviously very chashev to be carried on the shoulders of others. But he would say again, power is not forever. This is something that is fleeting. Seis Pnei Rasha Lotov. 
literally favor for the Russia is not good. It's not good for Rishayim when they have bracha in this world. The Gemara says, because remember again, when Rishayim have bracha in this world, what that represents is everybody has good deeds, right? Everybody has Maisim Tovim. When the Russia experiences bracha in this world, that means Kadosh Baruch was paying him for his Maisim Tovim in this world, which means that he will have nothing left for the Olama Emes. So the Gemara says, It was not good for Achav. I will say the Gemara gives the example of Achav. Achav was, 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 the, was the king over Malchus Yisrael. And was a terrible Russia. You know, Achav, Achav was a very conflicted and tormented soul. There were a number of times where Achav wanted to do tshuva, but for a variety of different reasons, he did not. It was not good that Achav had bracha in this world. Shneemar yan ki nichna Achav bilafanai lo avi harab yamav lahatz gimar lahatz osadik b'mishpat tov lohem letzadikim shein noslem panav olamazeh. But it is good for tzadikim that they do not have bracha in this world. In other words, sometimes the tzadik experiences difficulties in this world. It's good for the tzaddik not to have all of his bracha in this world, because ultimately, again, that means he will have it in Olam Haba. Who's the example of this? It was good that HaKadosh Baruch Hu didn't forgive Moshe in this world and allow him to go into Eretz Yisrael. Listen to how beautiful this is. It's such a different perspective. Lucky is Moshe Rabbeinu that HaKadosh Baruch Hu didn't forgive him. Because had HaKadosh Baruch Hu forgiven him, he would have gone into Eretz Yisrael. If he would have gone into Eretz Yisrael, it would have been more time in this world. More time in this world represents what? Less time in Olam Haba. And Moshe Rabbeinu had such an incredible Olam Haba waiting for him, that it was a chesed that HaKadosh Baruch Hu didn't forgive him and allow him into Eretz Yisrael. We'll say such, just such a different perspective. We, also, we, we always think about this. Our heart breaks Moshe Rabbeinu's inability to enter into Eretz Yisrael. Absolutely incredible. And yet here the Gemara says, what a bracha. What a bracha. It was a bracha because his inability to enter, ultimately again hastened, his inability to enter Eretz Yisrael, hastened his ability to enter into the Olam Ha'amas. So the Gemara says, Ashreyem l'tzadikim l'odayin she'in zochen el Hashem mazkin l'bneim u'l'bnei b'neim atzof kaladoros. We'll say furthermore again, praiseworthy of the righteous, because not only do they go ahead and accrue merit, but they confer that merit to their children and to future generations as well. Shekam abonim hayul li'aron shruyun li'sarbos. Listen to this. By the death of Nadav and Avihu, the Gemara says it wasn't just Nadav and Avihu who were supposed to die. Elazar and the Tamar were supposed to die as well. All of Aaron's sons were supposed to die. The Gemara says, Shenemar hanos sarim, because the Pasuk calls Elazar and Itamar the, nos, the leftover, right? The leftover, the remaining sons. Remaining means the Gemara understands to mean they were all included in the same Gizardin. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu spared Elazar and Itamar. What saved Elazar and Itamar? The Schos of Aram. So you see from here that being a tzaddik is powerful not only for oneself, but ultimately, again, confers a zechuyos upon one's children as well. <laughs> Woe to the wicked. Not only are they mechayev themselves, the wicked, unfortunately, are not only culpable for themselves, but they confer that culpability upon future generations as well. Listen to this, Rabbi Kinan, Kinan, who was one of the sons of Noah, right, had many, had many, had many, one of the grandsons of Noah, had many righteous offspring, who were as righteous as Tavi, the, the, the servant of Rabbi Gabbosi, this is the famous Tavi, who was an Eved Kinani, was an Eved Kinani, but was royally Samech, was fit to receive Smicha. So I will say, so Kinan could have had so many more righteous offspring like that. Ella, but because of the wicked Zayda, right? because of Kinan, who himself was, was an evil individual, his evilness ultimately again permeated future generations as well. Which I will say, is such an incredible use of it, because what it tells us is that what we do for ourselves and the people, the personalities we create for ourselves, not only impact us, but ultimately again impact our children and future generations as well in ways in which we may never know. Incredible Gemara. Bo said, listen to this next Gemara. Kalamazakes Arabim, 
listen to this. Anyone who is mizaket the rabbin. say what that means is anyone who goes ahead and benefits benefits the multitudes. Which say means anyone who facilitates and enables spiritual growth of others. Ultimately, again, no sin will come through his hands. Now, I'll say, look at Rashi just moment. What does this mean? Rashi says, Listen to this. Anyone who facilitates and enables spiritual growth in others, HaKadosh Baruch Hu does not let an Avera happen through that person. Rashi says, there's divine intervention. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it doesn't mean that the person doesn't sin. It means that Hashbaruch doesn't allow bad things to happen through that person. Look at Rashi again. Hashbaruch pushes aside Averus from him. That Averus shouldn't come. So what does this mean? A person who enables spiritual growth in others, Hashbaruch saves that individual from hate. And whoever causes the Rabbim to sin, We'll say a very profound Gemara, a very strong Gemara. If, if I cause others to sin, Tshuva doesn't help in that situation. Right? My personal Tshuva doesn't help. So the Gemara explains this. If a person enables spiritual growth in others, such a person will be saved from sin. Chait does not come through that person. My time, but listen to this. Because let's say a person facilitates spiritual growth in others. So what's going to happen? Everyone else who he facilitated growth for is going to be in Gan Eden. And he, because of his sins, is going to be in Gehenna. That's not fair. That's not fair. So the Baruch Hu says, if you enabled others to get to Gan Eden, I'll help you get to Gan Eden as well. The Gemara says, and if, if a person causes others to sin, does not let such a person do tshuva. Listen to this logically. If I caused others to sin, Right? It's very nice that now I'm going to do tshuva, right? So I'm going to go to Gan Eden, and what? Everyone else who I enabled and facilitated their sin, they're going to be in Gehenna. That's not right. That's not right. Therefore, again, if I chas shalom caused other people to sin, my tshuva is not accepted. So I will say, two, incredi- two incredible yisodos. First of all, unfor- the, the tragedy of causing others to sin, even if you go ahead and you engage in course-correcting activity, often chas shalom once tshuva is not, is not affected, but we, or is, is not effective. But ultimately, again, then we see that one who enables spiritual growth in others, I will say, in other words, what you're able to do for other people often has a dramatic impact on you. That if I go ahead and I try to enable spiritual growth in others, Baruch who says, you're helping others grow, I'll save you from hate as well. Because if you're pushing other people to Gan Eden, I'll pull you there along with them. Such an incredible Gemara. Haomer echteva ashuv, echteva ashuv. Let's remember a person, according to Mishnah, a person says, I'll sin and do tshuva, I'll sin and do tshuva. Yom Kippur is not mechaper for that. It doesn't work. Yom Kippur doesn't work for that. Lamli lemeimar, echtava ashuv, echtava ashuv. Trazingly, why do you have to say it twice? Kidrav huna, donrav huna, kidrav huna, kidrav huna amrav, donrav huna amrav. Kevan shavar adam avera v'shanaba. Once a person does an avera and repeats the avera, chutrola becomes mutter. Chutrola becomes mutter. Elanas is locator. Not literally it becomes Musa, but rather what? It becomes like, it becomes like it's Musa. We'll just say, just a very simple use of, but profound in psychology, right? Which is that it just becomes, it becomes, it becomes a pattern of behavior, right? Once you create a pattern of behavior, it's very hard to break patterns of behavior. So you commit Navera one time, you feel guilty about it. You commit Navera twice, suddenly again, Nasa Slokater, incredibly profound. If a person says, ah, I'm going to sin, and don't worry about it, Yom Kippur will be Mechaper, Yom Kippur is not Mechaper. Leima mas nisin delok Rebbe. I both say again, same sheet of Rebbe. Our Mishnah clearly doesn't reflect the view of Rebbe, because what does Rebbe hold? This Sanya, Rebbe, Om Rebbe says, I'll call a Vera Shavatora, Bena Sebena Sachuven, Sachuven, Yom Kippur, Mechaper. Well, say Rebbe holds, this is from yesterday, we saw this as well. Rebbe holds, Itsumo Shoyom Mechaper. 
that the essence of the day atones. So according to Rebbe, that should work even if a person says, I'm going to sin, and Yom Kippur's got my back. Right? According to Rebbe, that should work. To which the says, no, if you look at Rebbe, Agav Shani. Even Rebbe would agree that this doesn't work. In other words, even Rebbe who holds that Allah Chalamaisi Yom Kippur is Mechaper, even Rebbe will agree that if a person intentionally sins with the thought that Yom Kippur will be Mechaper, even Rebbe agrees that Yom Kippur doesn't work in that situation. Yom Kippur works ex post facto. I sinned, I sinned even if I intentionally sinned. Ultimately, Yom Kippur could be Mechaper. But if I sin with the intention that Yom Kippur is going to clean up my spiritual mess, that does not work. Remember again, the Mishnah said that, that Yom Kippur is Mechaper for sins Ben Adam Lamakom. But for sins Ben Adam Mechavero, a person must ask forgiveness from his fellow. Rami Le Rabbi Yosef Bar Chavu Le Rabbi Avo. On one hand, we said in the Mishnah that Yom Kippur is not mechaper for interpersonal sins, right? Interpersonal sins, you have to go and you have to ask forgiveness from an individual. So that's how the Gemara says Elohim right now. So the Bieta Pazik says a person will sin against his fellow and he will be appeased by God. So it sounds like here that HaKadosh Baruch Hu does forgive me for Avelo Spain Adam Lechavero, to which the Gemara says Man Elohim, what's the Elohim being referred to over here? Daino. It refers to a, a human judge. It's not referring to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Ihochim is safe, I bet if that's, he's looking at the end of the Pasik. That if a person ultimately will sin against if a person will sin against Hashem, here means judge or really appease, right? Judge slash appease doesn't mean tefillah. Who's gonna? That's what it means to say. Here we go. If a person sins against another person. And appeases that person. In other words, I sin against someone and I ask their forgiveness. I work it out. Then, Elohim Yim Cholo. Then Hashem will forgive me. Right? And I will say, so if I commit an Avera against another person and I ask for their forgiveness, then Hashem will forgive me. Vim la Hashem But if I sin against God, Mi Yispalo What will appease for me? What will help me? Tshuva umaisim tovim. We'll say, what happens when I, when I sin against Hashem? Tshuva and Maisim Tovin. Right? Tshuva, and I will say now, interesting enough, what's missing from here? What's missing from here? Tshuva, Maisim Tovin, what's missing from the list? Tefillah. Now understand, it's not really missing, because when Gemara talks about Tshuva, part of Tshuva is Tefillah. So really, Tshuva over here is being used in an all-encompassing fashion. Tshuva, because again, like the Rambam writes, the Rambam writes in Hechos Tshuva, that Derech Hashav Litzok El Hashem Tamid, that the way of Tshuva is to call out to the Ribbono Shal Olam all of the time. So the Gemara says something amazing. Here we go. So say, if you, if you hurt someone, even just with words, you have to go and appease them. Shin Amar Bni Imaraf Tilarecha Takatla Zakapecha No Kashta Bi Imrepicha Asizos Ifo Bni Binotzel Kibasa Kafre Echa Lech Hisra Pes Varave Reecha. Good. So I said, quotes the Pasik that Allah said, even if you just hurt someone with words, in other words, you say to yourself, it's only words. It's only words. I didn't do anything to the person. Even if you just hurt a person with words, halacha you have to ask mechila. If you took money from someone, you have to return it. Open your hand. We'll say, but let's say again, I hurt someone and the person doesn't want to forgive me. So what do you do? Get other people involved. Get other people involved. Get other people involved to help intercede on your behalf. You have to go as far as to approach the aggrieved party in the presence of three people three times. In other words, I don't have to do this in front of three people, but the idea is that if the aggrieved party is not forgiving me, I have to literally bring like a basedin, right? I have to bring three people, three people, three times in order to secure that person's forgiveness. So we'll say, so again, so we see from here that even if all I did was harm someone with words, I have to ask their forgiveness. And I have to go so far as to ask forgiveness 
three times in front of three groups of three people. So the Gemara says, but listen to this. Rav I'm never obligated to ask for forgiveness more than three times. Whenever you ask forgiveness, no more than three times. We'll say this is by Yosef. By Yosef, right? When ultimately, again, they're asking forgiveness of Yosef. It says, Ana, which is please one time. Sana, two times. Sana, three times. You only have to ask forgiveness three times. We'll say, now, what's, what's the pshat with that? So it's two things. Number one, number one, the fact that I only have to ask three times teaches the aggrieved party. We'll say that there's the same way that there's a mitzvah to ask for forgiveness if you hurt someone. There's also what? A mitzvah to forgive. There is a mitzvah to, I mean, at a certain point in time, a person has to be willing to forgive. And if not, we're going to stop asking. We're gonna, and I will say, what it also teaches us is, in life, you can't keep banging your head against the wall for things that are not going to change. So if I hurt Ruvain, I can ask for forgiveness. I'm going to ask you once. I'm going to ask you twice. I'm going to ask you three times. But if you're unwilling to move, you're not willing to forgive, then I have to move on. Because I can't spend my life, I can't spend my life trying to secure forgiveness when you're not willing to forgive. I have other things I have to accomplish. I have other things I have to do. I can't keep expending emotional energy to try to move you to do something that you're not willing to do. So it teaches the aggrieved party has to be willing to forgive. And it teaches, it teaches the, what's the opposite of the aggrieved party? The... The perpetrator, right? The perpetrator, okay, I did something wrong. I'm willing to own it. I'm willing to, I'm, I'm willing to, I'm willing to ask for forgiveness. But at a certain point in time, I have to move on because I can't spend my life focusing on this. I can't spend all of my energy focusing on this. Vimeis, but say, what happens if I hurt someone and they died? Chas v'shalom vimeis. Maybe Asara b'nei Adam amid na kivro. V'omer chatasi la'Hashem alokei Yisrael uluploni shachavati. But say, Chas v'shalom, I hurt someone and they died. And he died before I had the chance to ask mechila. I bring a minion to his kever and ultimately again say the words chatasi la'Hashem alokei Yisrael. I sinned against God and I sinned against this person. Rabbi Yirmiyah, but listen to this story. Rabbi Yirmiyah havile milsa l'Rabbi Abba b'hadei. Rabbi Yirmiyah. Rabbi Yirmiyah offended Rabbi Abba. He hurt Rabbi Abba. He did something. Doug Mar does what he did. So what did he do? So ultimately, again, he went and he sat at the doorstep of Rabbi Abba to ask for forgiveness. To ask for forgiveness. So the Gemara says, what happened? So Rabbi Yirmiyah is sitting by the doorway. The maidservant of Rabbi Abba is emptying out the bedpan. The, the waste from the house, the bedpan. And what happens? Some of it got on Rabbi Yirmiya. Some of it got on Rabbi Yirmiya. Amar, Rabbi Yirmiya said, They have made me like a garbage, like a garbage dump. So he said about himself, literally again, from the, from the depths, from the garbage dumps, will you lift up the afflicted? Shem Rabbi Abba, Rabbi Abba, who was again the aggrieved party, heard what happened. He ran outside. Now I have to ask forgiveness from you. Right? Rabbi Yermia, you came here, you came sitting at my doorstep to ask forgiveness from me. Now I have to ask forgiveness from you because you just had a bedpan dumped on you. Incredible. Well, so let's just do a little bit back and then we'll stop. Listen to this. When Rabbi, when Rabbi Zero would be offended by someone, right? When someone would hurt him, listen to this. Listen to how incredible this is. When Rabbi Zero would be offended or be hurt by someone, he would purposely make sure to be around that individual to make it easy for that person to ask forgiveness from him. So I said, how, how incredible this is. Rabbi Zero was the aggrieved party, was the aggrieved party. But yet he made sure to go out of his way to be in proximity, ultimately again, to the perpetrator, so that it would be easier for the perpetrator to go and ask forgiveness. But say, so what do you see from here? You see from here, again, this is the Mishnah in Perki Avis. The Mishnah Hillel says, Have a mitamid of shal Aaron, oev shalom, v'rodev shalom. See, I will say, everybody loves peace. All normal people love peace. Some people like fighting, but normal people love peace. You have to be a rodev shalom. To be a rodev shalom means to recognize shalom does not just show up at your doorstep. Often shalom is very, very, very complicated. But you have to run 
after it, if you really, you know, well, you don't have to run after it. If you want it, you really have to run after it. Rabbi Zira had absolutely no obligation to make himself present so that it should be easier for the perpetrator to go ahead and ask Mechila. But this is what he did ultimately, again, because he was a Rodef Shalab. We'll say, fine, we'll do one last piece, then we'll stop. Rav Havili Milsavadi Tibcha. Let's listen to this. We'll finish up the story quickly. Rav had a falling out with a particular butcher. The butcher did not come to ask for forgiveness. So, so we'll say, what happened? So Rav said, you know what? The butcher didn't come to me. It's not Erev Yom Kippur. I'm going to go to him. I'm going to go to the butcher. I'm going to go to the butcher. And what's going to happen? If I go ahead and I present myself before the butcher, so it'll make it easier for him to ask Mechila from me. So what happened? On his way, he runs into Rav Huna. Rav Huna said, where are you going? Where are you going? So the Gemara says, I'm going to make up with the butcher. Right? I'm going to go ahead and, and make shalom with the butcher. So ultimately, again, so uh, Rav Huna says to Rav, bad idea. Bad idea. You're going to cause the butcher to be killed because the butcher is not interested in reconciling with you. And now what's going to happen? You're going to want to reconcile with him. He's not going to reconcile with you. You're going to make things terrible for him. So what happens? The butcher, what is he doing? He's breaking bones in the animal's head. He's cutting up the animal head. That's what he's doing. He's butchering the animal head. So what happened? He looks up. He sees Rav. And Rav is just sitting there quietly. Rav is trying to do a nice thing. Make himself present. This you cast Mechila. So the butcher says, Abba, called Rav, Abba, get out of here. I have nothing to say to you. Wow. Erev Yom Kippur. Nothing to say to you, Rav. As he was chopping the head, a piece of bone splintered out of the head, lodged in his throat, and the butcher died. And the butcher, oh, it's not a good way to end the daft, but okay, you're good. Right? I, sh- I should have stopped a few lines earlier. Okay, I'll say, but let's end on a positive note. So you see from here, you see from here, you see from here, I will say, what it means to be a Rodev Shalom. What it means to be a Rodev Shalom. And how, again, so many times in life, it's true. I might be right. I might be right. But at the end of the day, it is so much more important to have Shalom than it is to be right. I will say, we'll stop over here tomorrow. Last daf of Mesechus, Yuma Mirat Hashem, Shatov Mesechus, Shkoya. Amen. Amen.